Welcome to the Hunter's Hub. This is your host, Fortuan, joined tonight by only Sasha. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I've had a lot of Red Bull, and there's more in here, so I feel like I'm going to perk up as we go. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm drinking a lot of water today and um, had leftover hibachi grill for dinner. Mm, delicious. It's always better the second day. I really don't like it the second day. What? It's like super subpar. I get noodles, and oh. it, I feel I feel like th- whatever sauce they use just doesn't taste right the second day. Where See, I, where, the way I go. I, without any shame, ask for a double order of the chicken fried rice, just knowing I'm going to take some of it home for the next day. Okay. I mean, my parents do that, too. They do that with steak. Too. like we have a big steak place uh in portsmouth about an hour away and um which is the southernmost point in ohio if you're familiar and they it's called the river because they cook a bunch of ribeyes and stuff mm. and they have what they call a large order of steak which is two 16 ounce ribeyes so like they eat like a quarter of one and take the rest home and have steak like the rest of the week. Like I, if you're going to drive an hour for steak, you might as well bring some home. They swear that it's the best. And for me being not a big steak connoisseur, I'm like, it's good when it's fresh, like the reheat when stuff. I don't care when I, I just don't care about the reheat. And they're like, it's the best steak even reheated. And I'm like, you're no, <laughs> <laughs> I am not on board with this. <laughs> um, just sending out the live notification. And so, yeah. So tonight uh, we're doing our news show. Sasha has a lot of news and I have two larger pieces. I have a lot of little news. Yeah. So it's probably equal. Oh, they, they, a lot of it is Blizzard related again because that's a lot where of my news attention goes. So both of them, I think, are Blizzard related. So Mine not, not surprising so to people. I sidestepped Blizzard because I kind of guess that you know you or Ace will always get it. Yeah, that's 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 fair. So yeah. Um, So do you have so many more than me? Let's start with a couple of yours. Sure. I'll bundle a bunch of mine together because they they all kind of came from the same showing. So there was was Marvel and Disney announcements made. Okay. Um, Another show I missed. Yeah. Hang on. Let me see what it actually was called because I had no idea uh, that this thing was even a thing. It was the... Let's go all the way back to the home. The D23 Disney and Marvel Games Showcase. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, I kind of new thing. pulled some of the highlights from that. So, I'll bundle all that together. First one I have for you is the developers of Pokemon Go, Niantic. Niantic, yeah. I think. They yeah. are releasing Marvel World of Heroes. So I'm uh, thinking it's going to be like a Pokemon Go style game. So 
some AR related Marvel hero stuff. That's kind of interesting. Okay. Uh, yeah. I am very interested to see what they're going to come up with with that. Um, so that is the first I have for you. Second one I have for you is by the Hearthstone developers. Uh, coming out mm-hmm. on October 18th is Marvel Snap, which is a Marvel card game battler. Oh, do so you say Snap? I'm thinking Pokemon Snap, but okay. Yeah. Car- card game Marvel. Okay. So this will be on PC and phones, and it's good. I think it's just going to be like a Hearthstone clone, to be honest, but using Marvel skins. Probably very similar, yeah. Yeah. So that's some cool little things. And then they announced a new Marvel game that is starring Captain America and Black Panther. Oh. Yeah. Um, And that will be done by the Uncharted director. So we'll see. I'm thinking it's going to be probably a a cinematic quick time event platforming fun. Not my game. Yeah. That still sounds interesting, though. Like... Captain America being one of my favorite modern Marvel characters. I think I'd be very interested in that. I am interested to see what they're going to do with it as well, because I know there's been hesitancy about replacing Chadwick Boseman, like across the board for Black Panther. Yeah. Voice actor, actor. Um, Yeah. So for them to, they're going to pull Black Panther in. Is it going to be T'Challa or is it going to be somebody else with the Black Panther? mantle right well there is the new black panther movie coming as well i know i'm i'm pretty excited about that i really like the the black Wakanda panther forever yes yeah yeah I, when we want we went to go see thor love and thunder a couple weekends ago my parents and i i watched that this week okay yep it was, it was good it was good i liked it i i mean you know, it's not my favorite. My personal thing with I, I could have done without all the cancer stuff. Uh, oh, sure. It felt, yeah. the, felt I, really the I'm weird. dying thing. It felt weird, yeah. like shoved against all of the like constant jokes. Sure. Like, yeah, they 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 turned because Ragnarok was like it felt like jokes the whole time. And then they kind of found their their voice with Thor with Ragnarok and then the love and thunder, you're thinking it's going to be the same thing and it starts that way. And then you get this whole like super serious cancer side story. And you're like, Oh, what? (laughs) Yeah. It was upsetting. Um, Like she takes her little, like her mantle off and she's dying and sickly. And then in like, it felt like the very next scene, he takes his jacket off and he's got his like tramp stamp and his Loki forever Mm -hmm. tattoo on his back. And I'm just like, Oh, these things just don't go together. They should not be juxtaposed together. Right. However, I was howling with laughter when I saw Russell Crowe as Zeus yes that was so and he had like the funny the fat body armor yes. i loved it yes and i loved it when he killed him too like in, in in quotations yeah i was gonna say did you watch the end credits i i did of course uh, so yeah when he killed him i was like oh no he just killed zeus like holy cow so like when it happened at least and i was like 
that's so funny that it's Russell Crowe though. Like that I had the same thoughts. Um, normally I would have those kind of like dialogue between my brother and I, but he was sitting on the opposite side of my parents. Cause he, I don't know. It was really, it was a weird situation is like we were walking into theater. Dad was the only one sitting there cause we all went to the restroom and dad didn't. So I walked past dad so and then Sean sat beside dad and I was like, so you're just going to make mom walk past you to sit beside dad? Like you're going to you're going to do that to mom? He was like, oh, I guess I'll scoot down one. I was like, whatever. <laughs> Fine. So I didn't get the BS with him. So I was just like, oh, my gosh, it's Russell Crowe to my literally myself. <laughs> it was it was really funny. That was and um I just loved all of the Guns N' Roses because I'm a big Guns N' Roses fan and I grew up listening to specifically that album, Appetite for Destruction, I, with my dad. And I so. do like Sweet Child of Mine. So, like, uh, I, I don't recognize the other songs a lot of the time, but Sweet Child of Mine is one I recognize a lot because we played that in band, and I, that, especially that opening. I am so familiar with all of those songs that it was bothering me that the editing just was like, missing the mark barely like just barely it could have been like having thor swing his axe to like the guitar riffs and it just it was like it was like two seconds behind on everything and it was it was bothering me because i i love all of those songs so much but i did like having them in there and i liked in ragnarok Mm -hmm. with all the led zeppelin so yeah that felt very on brand uh, I liked seeing the Guardians of the Galaxy briefly. Uh, I, I think, did as well. I think they're one of my more favorite movie adaptations of the Marvel Universe so far. Um, I really like Captain America and Spider Man, and I don't. I won't say that the the Guardians of the Galaxy are my favorite heroes, but I would say that their movies are my favorites. I would. I would agree with that. I I really enjoy. The Guardians of the Galaxy movies, I have really enjoyed the last two. Actually, I liked the last three of the Thor movies. So, mm-hmm. I don't have hate for a dark world. Uh, I kind of do, but I, I not really. Like, it was just bland to me. It felt like I barely remember it, honestly. But I remember the events. Right. But I don't remember that it was in Dark World a lot of the time because I do tend to recap what happens in Dark World a lot. Um, <laughs> so, like, I, the one of the funnier parts in uh, Love and Thunder is actually when he talked about losing Loki like four different times. And it was like, and again, and, and again. again, I love I love that. Uh, what's his name? Meep or like something. What his uh, the, the rock character? Korg. Korg. I love Korg and how he talks and everything. Like, it's just... But that's Taika Waititi, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, that's... And I was getting that from... Because, you know, I, I now watched um, Our Flag Means Death. I, I was like, oh, okay. All right. Now I understand why I like this guy so much. Because it's Blackbeard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... So it was uh, it was a pretty good one, so I'm excited to uh, uh, that that. But the back to the game that you're talking about with uh, Black Panther and 
Captain America, also with um, one of the Chris's, Chris Evans, no longer being Captain America. There's also a replacement with there. Yeah. Which is, you know, just a shame. Just a shame. I'm not attracted to him as most women are, so. But he was a really good Captain America. I will say that. Yeah. Yeah. I was totally paying attention to everything he was saying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I hear that a lot from our from our mutual podcast we listen to as well. When they they do um, they just did Before You Go, which is a Chris Evans movie. And it was actually his directorial debut and only one since. But um, I actually like that movie. It's on Netflix. But yeah, they talked a lot of well, uh, Paige specifically talked a lot about Chris Evans in that in that one. And they were like, we get it. You like him. Move on. <laughs> I mean, he's not uh, he's not really even the best Chris, but he's a pretty he's a pretty good solid silver medal. So, yeah, because there's four of them that so Chris Pine, Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth and Chris Pratt. Yeah, I would the, say the we don't Chris's. we don't talk about Pratt. I mean, Pratt's my my favorite because mm. he's funnier. Yeah, like, no, I, he's the worst Chris. Obviously, the best Chris is Chris Hemsworth. Uh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to... I like him in Cabin in the Woods a lot. Have you watched... Uh, oh, what's this? It's like Spider something on Netflix. It's got... It... Not, not yet. I've watched the beginning of it. The, yeah. The, he's pretty good at that. I watched like the first like five minutes and I was like, this is going a direction I don't feel like watching today. So I didn't. Um, It's a pretty good one, though. It's on my list. It is on my Netflix watch list. But I have been going back through and watching a lot of older movies, (laughs) like 90s movies and favorites. Like I I just rewatched yesterday. Actually, I'm not finished. I got interrupted by um, the coworker I was speaking about before. Um, we got on here. Old coworker contacted me last night. Um, I was watching rewatching Tucker and Dale. Uh, I haven't watched that in a really long time, and I do believe that that was in my my drinking days, so I don't remember very much of that movie. <laughs> I watch it a lot. It is legit my favorite movie. <laughs> it is really funny. To Your me. favorite movie? That is. Yes. It's a bold statement. It is my favorite movie because I'm okay with the gore and stuff. It's just the comedy to me is gold in in that. Where it's just like, stupid college kids, quick kill yourself about property. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like my vacation home. <laughs> just like the, the comedy of it really puts it up there. I, I like comedies quite a bit. So I watched that. I watched Soldier, the Kurt Russell movie, Soldier. Uh, it's something my dad really liked, and I, I watched that recently. Kurt Russell. My dad used to watch um, the Escape, the Snake Plissken ones, Escape from L.A. and Escape from New York. Yeah. yeah. It would drive my mom nuts. <laughs> I, uh... 
Big Trouble, Little China. That's another one. Yep. Yep. I, yeah. have, I haven't seen any of those in a long time either. Yeah. I, I watched, I, I own them on Voodoo now. So I was watching that while I was playing Titan Quest. I watched Sandman this week, which I really loved. I thought it was a really nice adaptation of the original uh, content. Oh, the show, the, yeah. the new show. Yeah. yeah. That's, I highly recommend it. My parents were watching it. I noticed the other day, but I didn't. I haven't got to it yet. I've been, like I said, I was watching a lot of old movies for some reason. <laughs> I finally started House of the Dragon as well. I wanted to give myself like a couple episodes so that I could binge it a little bit. Because I know I'm once not, I get a little taste. I'm not taste, sure I'm going to watch it. Really? I didn't like Game of Thrones. Like, yeah. I, I watched all of it and I didn't like it. Yeah, but this one's like real heavy with the dragons. Fair. I mean, the dragons are pretty cool. Even if they are wyverns, but... <laughs> but I will say that it's probably also going to be real heavy on the incest. I'm picking up on some V.C. Andrews vibes big time just from the first episode, <laughs> so... Well, I mean, was it episode two we start seeing that in Game of Thrones? So that's not... It's pretty well, par for the course for that series. There's a reason that the Targaryens have that uh, that silvery blonde hair and... Yeah. Yeah. And madness but is I was the flip of the, a coin. Yeah. the I was talking about the Lannisters... Oh, I know. Pushed, I know. Yeah. But this this uh, prequel series is just about the Targaryens uh, and how they mm -hmm. destroy themselves. Right. From the inside out. Mm hmm. Pretty excited about that. And we also started the Rings of Power. Oh, OK. Have you? No. Are you going to? I don't think so. <laughs> Really? Yeah, that's that's the uh, what's that on? That's Apple, isn't it? No, it's on Prime. And, oh, I don't have Prime, so that's why. Okay. I I want to see how people handle it before I go jumping in because I the Hobbit trilogy really turned me off for a while. Like the Hobbit trilogy, like first first one was good, second one I was like, oh, third one I was like, I like the goats, and that's it, like the dwarves riding goats, and that's 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 about where I I drew the line. I don't have like a deep rooted love for Lord of the Rings, but my husband does, okay. so I'm kind of humoring him. So I think that my opinion is probably a less uh, emotionally attached one than other people might have. So I'm enjoying yeah, I, it. I have not had any problems. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> 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 yeah, I am very attached. Like I, I remember coming out of uh, my brother and I saw, uh, Return of the King, uh, in high school, and. I came out of the movie. I was like, I can die right now. He was like, what do you mean? I was like, I could just die right now and everything would be fine. 
Like, <laughs> see, that's how I would feel if George R. R. Martin would just release The Winds of Winter, and and I could know how Game of Thrones is supposed to end because I know what HBO did was not right, and it, it didn't even happen in my head. So right, yeah. That I will say. I will say the one thing about that season that I agree with is her, her torching the town. I <sighs> I saw it coming from a mile away. The moment that second dragon dies, it was done. She flipped a switch. She's one hundred percent vengeance. I mean, yes and no because I, I think every single season she has done a flip of the switch madness thing that has gotten progressively worse, and people just choose to forget that when they're getting upset about her torching King's Landing. Yeah. But like, think about, I think it's the first season when she gets, when she gets her army of unsullied and she just decides that she's also just going to kill all the slavers and destroy that town because they call her a name. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. And she puts the next in the second season, she puts all of the, all of the, um, royalty in the unseal un- unbreakable vault yeah because so because they were jerks essentially yeah but here's the thing is everyone's expecting her to be dexter and she's not she's no. just she's just crazy <laughs> yeah there isn't there there wasn't it looks like she's doing the quote-unquote right thing because she's hurting the bad people, but that's because the bad people hurt her. I have less of an issue with that. What I have a problem with with the last season is why why Bran? What the hell mm-hmm. is that? And why, why did we spend an entire season seeing Arya learn how to change faces? And then we don't even use it. It doesn't even matter. We don't even get the satisfaction of Arya killing Cersei. Like, that. that's it. That's all I wanted. Or, like, a mm-hmm. remarkable, amazing, upset fight, like David versus Goliath, and she actually takes out the mountain. That would have been beautiful. Or we had the mountain and the hound in that Mortal Kombat arena, and, and they don't even fight? What the hell? Nope. So, nope. I just... A lot of problems. I gotcha. Season nine didn't happen in my mind. To be to be honest, that's where I started paying attention the most is season nine. Mm, no. Honestly. Because and then not saying because it was good, it was because now I'm figuring things out. Because everything <laughs> else was I would like any sort of guess I had, I was wrong every time. Like the Winterfell episode though. Battle of Winterfell. Mm-hmm. Now that that was awesome. Okay, I accept that episode. That one. Okay. Yeah, it also racked me up like a tremendous amount of points in Game of Thrones fantasy football. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that helps. Um. So so moving on from uh, TV and shows. And yeah, stuff, back to um, back to this Marvel Disney event. I have other things from that. Um. Did mm-hmm. you play the Sega Genesis Gargoyles game? Uh, I think I rented it a long time ago. I also think I rented it, but I do remember being obsessed with the Gargoyle show as a kid. 
I mean, are, it was really good. Yeah, it slapped. They are remastering that series or that game. So that's okay. coming out. That's a quick little one. Um, I'm guessing it's going to get the treatment of like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle remaster games. Right. Yeah. Um, the Cowabunga Collection. Yes. Yeah. We just talked about that because we're doing Shredder's Revenge for Bickering Bucks. Oh, fun. So, my. Yeah. I've already I've already beaten it. It's a short game. My husband has been playing a lot of video games with Ripley and she's terrible, you know, uh, because she's mm-hmm. three. But yeah. <laughs> she, been there. she's been into really into the Cowabunga stuff. She's not good. She's a terrible partner, but she has a lot of fun with it. I will say Shredder's Revenge is probably a better bet because it's a lot easier. There's a story mode where you have infinite lives. I mean, that would probably help, but she's still just a, a terrible partner. Um, oh, she's Emery's also been terrible. She, she will actively troll and try to jump down the pits and all that kind of stuff. So she'll slow us down. Like, she, actively. I came home from work on Friday and she was playing Crash Bandicoot on PlayStation. And she had somehow mm-hmm. loaded up my husband's save file and he didn't realize it. I'm like, why do you have 16 lives? And she insisted on making Crash crawl, like crawl through the level. He couldn't walk. Oh. She took the controller from me. First, she asked me for help, but then takes it from me because I wouldn't make him crawl. Yeah. Yeah. That's That's got to be infuriating to watch at times. I mean, it was not my 16 lives that went down the drain, so... <laughs> I, I was like, fine. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> My why husband are you going so he's slow? Like, why do you have... I have so many lives. What? Oh, this is mine. <laughs> <laughs> Just like force nice. closes the whole thing out. Try and hope and it didn't save over. Okay. All right. So Gargoyles Remastered. Um, my uncle was really into that show. So... That, that's that's the most experience I had with it was watching it with my uncle. Oh, so, uh, oh. my brother and I were really into gargoyles, and then my grandma spoiled us. If we were ever into something, she would like anything she found that was related to it. She would buy it. So I know we had all of the action figures of all the characters. We had like any okay. VHS tape that had come out. We were we were pretty into it. Okay. Which made sense to me when I discovered as an adult that like half of the cast of Star Trek Next Generation voices those characters. And I love yeah. Next Generation. It's just like very comforting to me. It is the tolerable Star Trek is what I call it. I mean, yeah, you know, it is the it's it's S class Star Trek. Yeah. It's the, the I don't having not liked Star Trek for a long time. It's the tolerable one. It's the one I can stand to watch. If it's not a Worf is Worf's stupid little son is being a jackass again episode. I hate those episodes. <laughs> I yeah. just don't like them. I don't care for those either. But I don't know. I just love or, next gen. Or the Q episodes. I don't like the Q ones either. Mm. I have a love hate with Q. I don't like yeah. Q with Picard. 
but I love Q with Janeway. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, more from Disney. They are releasing a Switch exclusive game. Um, This one might end up being one that you're going to buy three copies of. Um, (laughs) Okay. It's called Disney Illusion Island, and it's a Mickey Mouse 2D co-op platformer. I saw this. It was this was uh, a trailer today. I watched with the girls. Mm-hmm. Um, they did not seem that interested. So lucky for you. <laughs> yeah, I was like, eh, okay. Um, the she just so Cece just got Disney something adventure, where you get to like create your own character and go through like these Disney worlds. Um. I don't know. It's free on Game Pass. We're trying not to let Ripley see it. So she has that. And then Emery, as a result, got Ooblets. Wow. A lot of... Ooblets? Ooblets. It's like a little farming game with these weird slimes. A lot of stuff popped up on the screen. I don't know. They're the same price. The Disney thing was $30. Ooblets was $30. They were both excited. I was like, have fun. There, There's your game. Um, Cece had a weird issue where her left Joy-Con wasn't attaching. So, like, her right Joy-Con wasn't working because the left one wasn't attached. So I had to figure that out for her to be able to play the Disney thing today. I don't know what you do in it. I saw her open a chest. And I know that there's Disney characters. That's all I know. I don't know anything about it other than my husband really does not want to play another child's game. So he's trying to avoid her seeing the thumbnail. Yeah. Yep. Good idea. Yep. But I just send them away and do it on your Switch. I don't need to see it. I've been playing a lot of Shovel Knight today as a result. My husband had to play the same level of lonely downhill mountain bike range thing. I don't know what it is. It's not my game pass, but she did not want to play any other level. It's just that one for two hours. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Because, you know, of course, my toddler has has that attention span, that level of attention span. Only mine. Yeah, <laughs> I my kids do, have not done something like that. That's for sure. Two hours is a long time for them. Yeah. Yep. All right. So next one I have for you. Are you into were you into Tron or like the Tron movies? No, I've never. Seen I any of them all the way have through. not really ever been into those either because I don't know. I just feel like how do you make a movie out of two guys running? in a straight line and then turning before they hit a wall. But they did. I think they made more than one about it. Yeah, they did. They had a remaster, a remake or a yeah. sequel. So a modern sequel. They are releasing a visual novel. Um, it is called Tron Identity. It's by the okay. Thomas Was Alone developer, Bithel Games. That is good. Thomas Was Alone is a very good game well then maybe this might be the thing that pulls you into the tron ip that was one of the the wii u indie darlings for me i think it 
was one of the ones that hit the Wii U before it hit other systems and did really well. Um, and then it hit the other systems and did even better. But um, yeah, I think Thomas was alone was like, what is this? And I played it. It is such an engaging story of you just playing geometric shapes, different rectangles. Like is Thomas a shape? Thomas is a square. He's a red square. And all he can do is jump. And then there's Jeffrey, there's Claire, um, and they all have like different abilities. It's just platforming with these different shapes and trying to get them. But there's a story that is told because they're like AI in a system and they're trying to save. Like at first he was alone, but then he started to have friends, which is the other shapes. And his friends started disappearing. And it's just a really... It's a really engaging story. It takes like maybe three hours to play all the way through. Like it's not a long game. But it was very cool. Like I would say the end of that game... Is pretty exhilarating. Like the... Like the storytelling mixed with the visuals and the pace of the game... Fits really well together. So I, I suspect that if it's the same people... That this Tron game will be pretty good. Okay, well, that's high praise. Might actually recommend that game to my husband. Sounds more his style of game. Yeah. So that's all I have from the Disney Marvel announcements. Okay, so I'll pepper in the uh, the the one of the two that I have. Okay. So Sony and Microsoft are still arguing about the Activision Blizzard takeover. Okay. Um. Not a surprise. So, um, Sony is like deadpan. Like we are not letting you do that. Like, like we are doing everything in our power to not let you take over Activision Blizzard because of no non-compete, uh, stuff. So monopoly. Um, oh. so currently, uh, Microsoft has issued a deal to Sony. Um, that they guarantee that three years after the current car uh, contracts, I, I have got to, I'm get, I'm getting some people messaging stuff. Uh, and I need to mute them for the podcast. So I'm muting them now. All right. Anyways. So I'm getting some people. Um, anyways, three years guaranteed after their current contract, of with uh so Activision has a contract with Sony to have three Call of Duty games. They're saying that three years after that contract, Xbox will continue to release games on Sony for uh, for Call of Duty specifically. And then what? And then it's not guaranteed. Um so that was the interesting part to me because I thought they were saying that it was always going to be releasing multi-platform and they're saying it's timed. And I was like, oh, that's I, different. I read this too. And the PlayStation CEO saying like, this offers unacceptable. Which, right. And Sony turned it down. Sony has turned well, it down i mean i i feel like they should that's way too open-ended what happens at the end of the three years you just leave this kind of question mark 
Well, it would be six-ish years, right? But yeah. Right, but even then, like, what happens after that? Call of Duty's an Xbox exclusive. I think that's what happens. Like, but it would also consider the the shelf life of the the consoles right now. So, Mm -hmm. Xbox One, we're looking at like ten years. We're coming up on ten years, aren't we? Yeah. So, if this service agreement they have last longer than the shelf life of a PS5. Are you going to leave these games unsupported after after the service agreement is terminated? We're kind of seeing that now. So like so Cyberpunk is 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 specifically no longer um their new expansion. Cyberpunk is already dropping Xbox One and PlayStation 4. They should. They those games don't function on those consoles. That's fair. That that is entirely fair. But that's, that's what I'm saying is we're seeing that transition now happening to this. I think know, that's a smart business decision. Why spend money investing to release it on a console that can't handle it so that it inherently will get review bombed because it's not functioning properly? No, I I agree with the cyberpunk people doing that. But what I'm saying is here in six years, Mm -hmm. uh, I think we're still going to be in the the PS5 Series X. I think so, too. Um, And I don't think we're going to see PS6 or Series Y or whatever they're going to Xbox. It's going to be a shape or something. Who knows? Xbox trash can. That's what the Series X looked like to me. It looked like a little one of those little trash cans or like a mini fridge is what people said too. Uh, whatever they name it, because it's their naming conventions are really weird. Um, I do enjoy PlayStation's just like one, two, two, three, three. four, five. Keep it simple. <laughs> yeah, uh, Nintendo doesn't do an awesome job either because they're just a name, but at least it's a different name every time. Like. They made the mistake with the Wii U, but they do different names. So, um, I I don't know what happens at the end of that six years other than the, it just becomes exclusive. Like, I, I don't know why buy the company if you're not going to make them, you know... They're still going to make money releasing multi-platform. I understand where the, where that's coming from. We talked about that. Like, why wouldn't you if it's going to make money? But at the same time, I don't think Call of Duty is a surefire hit six years from now. It's not a surefire hit now. Like, it's waning. It's still doing well. It's still sometimes still breaking records. But, like, I'd, that's an unclear future uh six years from now right and i think that's the earliest we can expect this is six years from now is because we're expecting a game every year so the next three games um and then three years after that which is probably the next three games after that so the next six call of duty games and all, all of this is completely ignoring any other activision ip or any other blizzard ip they could be hitting Sony as well. like. But they're talking about a specific target audience, right? There's no, they a speci- are. Yeah. A specific kind of gamer. So I think that... 
I feel like they are worried about losing the gamer that buys the console for Call of Duty to play with their friends, right? Like, I'm just playing shooters all day. This is the only thing I'm doing. I'm not, I'm not playing. I'm not buying Uncharted. Yeah. I'm not buying Spider-Man. I'm not buying racing games. I'm, or maybe I'm buying, like, sports games and I'm buying shooters, right? One yeah. or two games a year that I'm playing a ton of. If I right. am going to have more players available on the alternative system, then they're going to get that big purchase, that one big single purchase, the console is going to go to the other. It's going to go to the competitor. Yeah. So even if Call of Duty itself is not a surefire hit in six years or in 10 years, I think, though, that they're more looking at a specific market of buyers. That's true. Either way, I don't really see Sony stopping this deal i don't think they're gonna be able to stop it but i what i wish would happen is that the kind of effort that they're putting into this just take the deal like take the three the three years that you got and invest time and make a new ip like make something that competes with call of duty revisit medal of honor or find some an like something else that is going to compete with that. I don't know. Right. Just... No, Medal of Honor would have been an EA title, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. They're, they had two, PlayStation themselves had two IPs that could have fought on that front, but both did not carry. First one that, that comes to mind, which is the lesser one, is Haze. Haze was supposed to be the Halo sort of sort of like answer. And I don't think Haze did all that well. Uh, I don't even know if Haze got a sequel. Um, I don't even think I've heard of Haze. So, yeah, it didn't. I don't think it I think it did OK, but like I don't think it made any waves at all. And then the, the second one I would say is Killzone and Killzone did well for a while. Um, but the what problem was, is what was so calm? SOCOM was, um, they're no longer around. SOCOM was the people did MAG. But isn't that, wasn't that also PlayStation? Uh, yes, but PlayStation didn't own them. But they wasn't just it a PlayStation play. exclusive, is what I'm saying? Yes, it was. Yeah. So I just but feel they're like... No longer, they're no longer around is part of the problem for that, is like that company was closed. Um... And I don't know who owns those who IPs owns now. What? Yeah. Right. If personally, if Sony put, you know, put out another mag, which was also exclusive to PS3, like an, another game like that, where they're trying something different. They're not trying to do what Call of Duty di did, but they're making their own first person shooter with their own ideas. I think that's the route they need to go instead of like. But Call of Duty. Right. I mean, even I play Call of Duty here and there. Like, I have not the most recent one, but the one before Cold War I played a little bit. Because I just wanted to play online and, you know, use a sniper and kill people and have fun while I was listening to a podcast. Because I had nothing else to play at the time. Now I'm swamped in games again. But What, uh, what games have you played that are cross-platform? Like, 
Have you played Borderlands with somebody on Xbox while you're playing PlayStation or something like that? Yeah, I think I think that has happened with Tiny Tina. Um, so how did that happened. go? Was it? Did you have problems with it? Was it buggy or did it run smoothly? It ran fine. So I feel um, like that's the other thing that PlayStation's kind of ignoring is maybe investing in more cross-platform If you can't beat them, join them. Yep. Uh, Back for Blood, I would say I also did that. So Back for Blood, um, Brian and I were on PlayStation, but Jacob is on Xbox. And we played that together. However, I had problems connecting with Brian. That was the weird thing. The PlayStation to PlayStation connection was actually terrible. But the moment we got Jacob in the mix, fine. Jacob was a good intermediate that could invite us both, and we wouldn't have any problems. But specifically, me to Brian was a problem in Back for Blood. Interesting. So, cross-platform, very good. Mono-platform, not very good in Back for Blood. Hmm. Well, like. It I made just think... me have to use the PlayStation system instead of the in-game system to invite. Hmm. Well, I just think that there's more answers than just, like, clinging on to Call of Duty like it's their only life right. vessel. And that, that's part of my point, too, is, like, Call of Duty is not the only IP that I need to worry about losing, too. Like, they're active, losing Activision in itself is not great because you're going to lose stuff like Spyro. You're going to lose stuff like crash. You're going to lose, which granted they're not going to be call of duty and out sell everything, but that's going to add up like those. That stuff is going to add up to PlayStation when crash used to be a PlayStation exclusive. Like, yeah. Like to me, because when I was a PlayStation console owner, crash was still, the mascot he was the sonic of their system yeah he was bashing mario with a megaphone outside yes. of nintendo headquarters yeah so, um i'd be more upset I, about that <laughs> right there's there's a, there's a lot more other things to be concerned about whereas and then we're not even talking about blizzard like People have been uh, theorizing that you're going to get a WoW subscription with the Game Pass now. I've, I have read that. Or, oof. I, and it, it doesn't as seem much as I'm excited. As much as I'm a, 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 a Diablo apologist and, and lover and complete shill for every time, um, you know... Wow is 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 a huge deal to to have like let's say they actually get that running on Xbox they don't need to cuz it's already on PC they're but... not it's never going to be on the Xbox it's going to be the Game Pass for cuz when you have the ultimate Game, Game Pass, Pass you get PC. the PC and Xbox so it's it's going to be like that but Diablo is also a major series in that as well as much as I am an apologist for it Diablo consistently is a bestseller in the PC world and then it has been getting console releases really lately. Diablo and, has always been a bestseller on console too. It's right. it gets the same treatment as Grand Theft Auto. Like 
Diablo 3 has been out for how long and the youth still they expect $60 for that game. And when it's on yep. sale, it's still $30. Yep. Because people still play it. And then they just did a full price remaster of Diablo 2, which was year 2000. We're talking over 20 years. Yes, but with all the drama that's been going on with Blizzard, that game yeah, since it, release, I don't, I, I don't think it's ever been its full price. It's just always on sale, perpetually on sale. Well, yeah, because, well, Blizzard brought it on themselves as a company, but yeah, part of all, like, it's weird. It's weird to talk about Blizzard as the, as the lesser of the two between Activision and Blizzard and the deal when they used to be, like, the epitome of PC gaming for so long. Um, but that's where we're at right now. So I, that was what I had is, like, they're still fighting over. Yep. Uh, this, this acquisition, which I think is going to be huge. The thing is like when we, when Microsoft got Bethesda, right, there wasn't a lot of pushback for that because they're like, holy cow, how did that happen? It was kind of out of nowhere, but Bethesda is awesome as they are. They're very much single player experiences. They're not like you have Elder Scrolls online and stuff like that, but you don't have it's not like a renewable resource like these games that have little like right. micro purchases and things. And I don't think Bethesda has a series that is a 100% guaranteed seller every time they put it out either. Mm. Even I would say Fallout, but Fallout has proven to be I think it's Elder Scrolls because look at Elder Skyrim gets the same thing okay, as Diablo. You're, you're no, you're right. Elder Scrolls is there, but Elder Scrolls is so few and far between. That's the problem is their bigger hits like that are so infrequent in comparison now. Don't get me wrong. Blizzard stuff infrequent as well, but uh, you know, we're talking something like Call of Duty, which is a hit every year versus Elder Scrolls, which is a hit every we're what we're now over a decade since well, Skyrim. Now, Todd Howard would tell you he has released a version of Skyrim every single year and it has been a hit. Fair. Fair enough. <laughs> but that is people buying the same game over and over again. And no. I am also guilty of that. Terrible. I bought it on PS3 and Switch. But I'm just saying Bethesda was people let it slide, right? Because like it it didn't seem as like that was surprising. That's big news. Um, But it's like it's the combination of Bethesda, Activision and Blizzard, all three of them, because I do still count Activision and Blizzard separate because they're entirely different IPs, even though they're the same umbrella uh, now. But I think it's the combination of having all three that is a problem. And I think because just Bethesda by itself didn't end up being a problem for people. They're like, whoa. But So what do you think if if Sony bought EA? Does this be... level the playing field? Because That's EA a... comes EA Sports. Yeah. Now that's that's the thing is Sony buys EA. They are doing very well. 
because not just the sports, but like they also get a lot of the higher higher end like movie deal stuff. Like a lot of the Lord of the Rings stuff is EA. A lot of the Star Wars stuff for a long time was EA. The Sims. Sims, yeah. I talk about um, a game that prints money. The Sims. Right, and you you go back to to the time of Sims. You got stuff like Spore. Spore was a huge hit. Um. Now, I don't know if they're going to do another Spore, but stuff like that, where EA really, even though they, they falter with, with um you know, more, I don't know, traditional gamer games uh, lately, they're still a cash cow, hands down, 100% sports alone. And then you get, when you do get those other hits that are really good and really big, they get a lot of those movie tie-ins, which are just, easy money they get a lot of those other like they're doing they have their beloved uh dead space right and they're getting a remaster of dead space trying to revitalize that ip well and And, then you also have all the bioware stuff and yeah bioware as well would they own bioware and that's that's a huge get because bioware is is uh, i would say bioware is probably one of the the last like un faulted developers you know what i mean like i would say pre cd project red would have been there until cyberpunk but i don't think bioware has really really had taken that much of a of a hit as far as reputation as any other company right now so yeah but ea is well ea pass is part of game pass so the likelihood of that actually happening probably not well not right now but it could be an upset. I will say I will take that back a little bit because of Andromeda, because all the the stuff around Andromeda. But I know you like that game. Um, Look, I think you're gonna. You will also like it if once you get to me, it. I think you will. Let me let me finish the first three, and then I'll get to Andromeda. I'm I'm I'm. We'll we'll talk about it later. But I'm I'm further through one, not all the way, but I'm further through one. I. I have faced the matriarch. Tough so, fight, huh? It really wasn't. It really? really wasn't. Well, that's because you no. waited till the end. See, it's always a tough fight because I'm like under level 10 when I go there. Okay. that I could see how that would be a problem. Um, yeah, I, EA would be a huge get, but the problem is like, how many of these third party AAAs are going to get gobbled up now? Like I don't want to live in a part and it's such a such a like it's going to turn out being like a government. We're going to have a bipartisan gaming world with like Nintendo sitting on the side doing their own thing. Like not that <laughs> Nintendo doesn't matter, but like Nintendo does rely on those AAAs as much as anyone else. Yeah, I mean, but I also think too that Nintendo has dominance in the other market right they do like well, we're, they we're, do. Ju- we're talking about just the western market that we have this like bipartisan gaming thing going on but right i mean i don't think i don't think nintendo's gonna be grabbing any triple a studio like that at any point i don't think they want to no. but i could see sony reaching for ea as a result i could see sony reaching for wb even like, I don't know if they can, because WB is such a big 
company outside of gaming, right? Like that's that's a you got all sorts of stuff that WB is supported by. Well, so here's the other thing that I'm wondering is going to happen. We have Netflix and Amazon both releasing video games, right? Yeah. What if Disney buys Sony? Like, what if Sony actually gets eaten by a bigger fish? I don't know, because Sony is such a diverse company as well. I know. It'd be very hard. It'd be very hard for that to happen. But I tell you what, if Disney bought Sony, I would be... A, all that Spider-Man bullcrap that I went through was for naught. B, <laughs> all that IP struggling mm-hmm. over Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. But um, B, ah, that's, that's a rough one. Because... I don't I, as much as I like some t- some of the things Disney does I don't want Disney to be owning anything right now a- 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 anything more right like I don't that's that feels dangerous that feels as much as they own already like yeah that's insane and Disney did shut down their own gaming studio and to just sort of acquire one that could just do, I, you know what I would think, honestly, if Disney buys Sony, it's probably the death of Sony as an identity. Oof. I mean, I, do you feel like they've done that with Marvel and Star Wars? Star Wars, yes. Marvel, no. Okay. Um. There's something about the modern Star Wars that is just Disney nostalgia. It's just Disney. Crank it out. Let's just do the nostalgia. Like I would say in modern Disney Star Wars, there's been exactly one thing that I've been really excited about uh, as far as like content wise. And that's the TV shows um, because they have honestly the Marvel dudes working on that um what sorry, what's his name he directs half of the marvel movies um uh, he directed the mandalorian well mandalorian was taika watiti isn't it no i thought it was um the guy who plays in spider-man crap i gotta look this up now I could have swore I saw Taika Waititi's name on Mandalorian credits. I'm going to look it up. Because you could be right. I could, I'm could. i terrible. I'm terrible with remembering stuff. Oh, don't do that. Because I, we watched, my husband and I watched Mandalorian. I fell asleep during some of it, to be honest. But I was John Favreau. Just... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That name looked. Is very familiar. Yeah, John Favreau. Taika Waititi is is in it, but Ty, uh, John Favreau is the director of The Mandalorian, um, and I think the writer, one of the writers, I think too. Uh, yeah, he's one of the right. He's credited as one of the writers. Taika. Okay, so Taika Waititi is also a director. There's several directors. That's but I what think I the thought. Main, 
Or it so, must have been like a specific episode I saw he directed. It, it, it could be, but I think John, this is John Favreau's like pet project is the Mandalorian. And John Favreau is responsible for a lot of the Marvel stuff as mm-hmm. well, which I think John Favreau is kind of saving the Marvel stuff for me when it, when they step in and they, like, I don't, the, the new trilogy of Star Wars, the Skywalker saga stuff. I don't like them. <laughs> really. I don't. Um, the, as much as I was okay with them when they first released, watching them again, it's like The Hobbit for me. I was okay when I watched them. And then the, the more I let it seep in, the more I don't like it. And I just, eh, I just. I but, finally saw the last one and I was really disappointed because I had built up a whole thing in my head about what was really going to happen between Ray yep. and Kylo Ren. Yep. But you know what? It wasn't, wasn't Disney appropriate either. So (laughs) that's fair. But I mean, didn't Disney also used to have a line of R rated movies that that we forget about? So I guess fresh. So yeah. Um, so it's weird because Disney gets in their own way a lot of the time. And to have them buy Sony, I think that is, if they let Sony be independent, it's fine. If they don't, if they in any way meddle with Sony, I think that's the death of Sony. As as not as a that I don't think Sony dies and no one buys Sony. I think what happens is Sony no longer has an identity. I think they get just feels like the Disney console. You know what I mean? Like if and that would be a huge tonal shift because I I remember any time any of my friends who have kids were asking around, you know, like birthdays and holidays, like, hey, I'm thinking about getting my kid a console, what should I get them? My recommendation was generally Nintendo or Xbox, depending on like mm-hmm. what their budget was gonna be. Um, because always with Xbox that Game Pass is Yeah. It sells itself. Um, it generally was not Sony because Sony doesn't seem like a, like a kid friendly console. Nope. It doesn't, it doesn't do a lot of them and that's fine. That's part of its identity, but you put Disney in there and that, that is their identity, right? It like you think of Disney, you think of not, you think of family, you don't think of adult stuff you're not you're you're not thinking like disney has always been about the whole family they don't a lot of times even though they had the old, older audience like the, the r-rated sub company they, they used to do for films um you know when you say disney you think mickey mouse you think yep family stuff like disney and nintendo are a lot more in line with each other than anything else and as much as nintendo doesn't just do kids stuff but i would say they're better at you know branching out from kids stuff than disney is but i don't know i don't know where that puts sony because that's a really weird they're very different tones and i feel like that could harm sony in a way that's just because i don't have a high opinion of disney as well yeah but if I mean we don't really know 
how bad they're they're doing right now and it seems like mm. my impression anyway is that they are really panicking about this Activision Blizzard thing because they mm-hmm. aren't in that great of a position. No, I think Game Pass has finally been paying off. I think that first Game Pass felt like a band-aid, but then like it started to take off and then it's become a thing. I like, think it's Game become... Pass is Amazon is the Amazon Prime of the gaming world. Like everybody. Yeah. Well, I don't it. have Amazon Prime and I don't have Game Pass, so yes, I understand this. I feel like even as a person who has PC, even if you didn't own an Xbox, Game Pass still is worth it. There's so many games on there. I don't tend to play those kind of games a lot of time that are that are on PC outside of the Doom stuff. Like all the Doom stuff's gonna be on Game Pass. Um I don't tend to play big AAA stuff on PC. I know I normally play a lot of. Uh, I would say Doom is the exception, but I'm a lot of indie games, a lot of older games on on GOG. Like like I've been playing Titan Quest like crazy. Titan Quest is THQ Nordic, and I would say THQ Nordic has become another big third party that came out of nowhere, which I'm happy for. Um, they're not. I would say Devolver Digital is another one to, to look at, too, of like like other game developers and publishers that are still around after an acquisition. But none of these are THQ Nordic and the other ones. You know, it's in the name. They're not American. So that's where the non-compete comes in. I think I think you're not wrong about Sony feeling like it's losing the race as far as consoles go. But I think maybe we see a shift away from consoles in Sony after that, too. I think Xbox Xbox themselves is starting to shift away from that exclusive console focus. There are games yeah. that are releasing on Game Pass right now that I can play on my console. I cannot download them. I can only play them through the cloud. Yeah. Which is... I don't like that personally. Really weird... Yeah, I don't I don't like just cloud things like I have it for a couple things like I've been really into voodoo lately, which is just cloud streaming for your movies. Mm-hmm. But also, I can't find those movies elsewhere a lot of the times. And that's what has been the, my justification and or I have the movie physically and I'd rather just boot it up on the PlayStation without switching out a disc. But. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't think Sony's doing too bad because they did just acquire Discord, but I don't know how much they are set back by that. So. I mean, they're definitely winning the current console race in terms of sales, but. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not much of a race when no one can get either one that well. Yep. It was like a big event, the fact that my local game store got the uh, Horizon Forbidden Rest uh, PS5 bundle this week. They put it all over Facebook and stuff. We got one! First one to come in gets it. It's like, okay. <laughs> all right. They got one. Um, so, yeah. So, that that's that one. Uh, so, you had some other ones, and I'll get into yeah. um... my other one. So, 
I found a little story about Queen Elizabeth. Oh, okay. Yep. I just thought it was a, a, a nice little little tidbit of information. So did you ever see the royal edition of the Wii? I heard about it. And I think it was like plated gold, wasn't it? Yeah, it's 24 yeah. karat gold plated. The yeah. reason that the royal edition of the Wii was created is because allegedly Queen Elizabeth II loved Wii sports and that she loved bowling. Me. Um Kate Middleton gave Prince Charles a Wii for Christmas of 2007 and the queen apparently really loved bowling and that got back to Nintendo and that is how the Royal Edition Wii came to be. But I don't think it was ever gifted to the royal family. It was never, I don't think she ever like touched it, played it or anything like that, but she inspired it. So, okay. Thought that was a cute little story amid all of the not cute stories I've been reading about her. I haven't been reading anything about her. All I know is she passed and that Prince Charles has become king. I have just been enlightened because, you know, in America, they only teach us about American history. <laughs> but I've just Fair been reading a lot, well, of, a lot of history and why. Let me clarify. Yeah. Let me clarify. They only te- teach us about mostly white, white, white Amer- American, American history. history. Oh, wait, yeah. hang on. Revisionist white American history. Yeah. There it is. Yeah, because uh, you don't under... like So it was a part of Ohio curriculum to learn about the Shawnee, who, my tribe. And you wouldn't believe how many people, A, don't remember it, and B, didn't actually have it. So it might have been a local cur- curriculum thing for me. We had because Michigan also has a lot of uh, a lot of French and Indian sounding city names in it. So mm-hmm. we had I remember in elementary school that social studies was specifically about Michigan history, and a lot of it did have to do with like why all the towns were the names that they were and who those people were. Yeah. Fourth grade specifically is where we studied a lot of Ohio history in that aspect. And that was that was a very weird subject for me to be like this and this happened. I was like and I ra- like raised my hand. I was like, that's because of this. And like the teacher's like, how do you know that? And I'm like, I'm Shawnee. You know, I, I would say that, that uh, my grandpa is, you know, the chief of the Shawnee United Rendit Band, and they would be like, what now? Like, I've never heard this. And then, like, yeah, we're the group of Shawnee that stayed behind, which isn't in your history book. Like, you just say they all left. See, to me, and- that, that's such a gifted opportunity. They should have had him come in and share oral history. That's so much better than anything in a textbook. I, I tell you what, if our family... Because he's the he's the grandfather that was not on good terms with us. Uh, if our family had been in better contact, that might have happened. He would have eagerly done it. I mean, he was very much like his life was devoted to teaching people about the tribe and doing things to get the word out and stuff. And that was that was a positive of him. Um, uh, 
And I mean, he did stuff like he was one of the drummers in the Pocahontas movie. That's awesome. So back to Disney. But yeah, he was he was one of the drummers for that. Uh, He went on a lot of tours and shows of like traditional singing and dancing and stuff. Um, It was almost kind of like a traveling Broadway show that it was like that kind of like production level. But it's just, yeah, the, 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 there's definitely a revisionist history. Done. I, I witnessed it firsthand in my school, having to correct teachers and textbooks and stuff. I would say that any of us that have gone through the American school system have experienced it. So, but a lot of times people don't know because they just don't have that experience or knowledge to begin with. Yeah. Unfortunate. Well, next one I have is also a bit of a downer. So, okay. Um, the first U.S. video game studio to unionize is shutting down. Oh no. Yep. Um. So the developer is Vodio Games. It was founded in 2021 by Asher Vollmer. They had a really small team. I think it was like. I guess it was under 15. I think it was 12 or 13. So. Um, uh-huh. The reason that they're shutting down is that they cite that they are unable to secure funding to produce additional releases beyond their debut title. So the debut title was Beast Breaker. Do you, have you heard of that? Nope. Also have not heard of it. So apparently the... The 13 people on their team thought it was good enough that they unionized and then were unable to produce anything else after that. I am Googling Beast Breaker now. Uh, Bodeo Games Action Adventure Strategy. Uh... It's coming to Switch. It's on Epic Games. It looks neat. Kinda. Beast Breaker. I don't know how to describe what I'm seeing here. Honestly. Oh, interesting. It's very, uh, hmm, the artwork looks like Tiny Toon Adventures. Yes. Um, but the gameplay clips kind of look like you're playing a mix between, like, Breakout? Like, you know, where you use the ball to, like, knock things away? Mm-hmm. Brick Breaker or whatever they call it. And some sort of strategy thing on on where you're building a base. That's I don't I don't. Okay. Well, anyways, they unionized and it hurt them. Yeah. Well, that's kind of that's kind of weird. Because th- there's a now, this is Ohio law, and I know this because you know we're a small business. We can't unionize in our business under Ohio law because we don't have enough people. And 15 sounds like 
the my like minimum limit too. Like I think you have to at least have fifteen employees to be able to unionize. So Well It seems like make... it wasn't worth it for them. Yeah. Well they because that's a, that's partially because they're such a small studio. And which is unfortunate and it's good to fight for worker rights. I agree, but I don't think that was the good decision for them, particularly being so small. They got their game out though. It's out. It's available on uh switch for $15. And then I, I saw it's also on Epic games game store. It does look like a cute little game, but sad that they couldn't do another. Yeah. Um, on the up and up, I found science, of course, mm -hmm. a science article. So they are doing research in Japan mm -hmm. on, um, studying the empirical effects of video games on cognitive abilities. And what they found is that they are able to empirically measure certain cognitive abilities based on complex gaming experiences. So okay. the research was done by Kyoto University and a company called Bonbon bon Incorporated, which is mm -hmm. owned by Kyoto. It's a Kyoto healthcare IT company. Okay. So if I'm not mistaken, Kyoto's where actually Nintendo is based. I think so. Um, yeah. So Bonbon created a video game called Potion which is, it's just a 3D action game, and this is what they're using to measure the cognitive abilities. Um, so I didn't read the, the original, like, science article, so, but my guess is that they're doing some kind of, um, some type of MRI, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, but what they are looking at, the three cognitive abilities are abstract thinking, attending, and visual discrimination skills. And okay. what they have found is that stealth games activate mm -hmm. and increase abstract thinking skills. Yeah, because you have to improvise. Yep. Um, yeah. But they can see it now. They can actually empirically measure your ability to think abstractly. Weird. Yes, okay. right? And then aiming obviously is going to um, improve your attending, your visual attending skills, sustained attending. Right. And then this, the targeting um, targeting relates to visual discrimination. Okay. So. Okay. Super cool stuff. Uh, you know, I've talked about this before. I teach attending, I teach visual attending, I teach visual discrimination. So I, I just think it's really cool that, they are using video games to measure stuff that I try to I try to explain and teach the parents why we're doing it because they're like, this isn't work. Why are you shaking a maraca over in this direction? Like, what is the point of that? And it's like we're trying to teach them to attend and to shift their attention between what they want to look at and what you're presenting to them. So, yes, this idea yeah. that we can we can see it like we can actually measure that. Super cool. Like uh, in con like I say to Emery a lot from Kung Fu Panda, your focus needs more focus. 
Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's looking like she definitely has ADHD. I can see it more. It's pretty common. ADHD mm. is very, very common. It seems to be. As many people I know who have it, uh, a lot of a lot of my friends do. Um, my uh, one of my uh, friends, uh, so my friend Jacob's wife, uh, she discovered she had it at the age of 32, 33. Uh, and she was like having to be like, this is why I weigh the this is why I act the way I do. Like she was like, had to get like, she had like some life epiphanies over this diagnosis that she didn't, she never suspected that she never knew why she couldn't focus on certain things and yada, yada. And I was like, that's pretty different. I feel like I am. I feel like I'm an outsider as much as I am. Like all of my friends seem to have it and I just don't. And I'm like, okay. I mean, it, it can present in a lot of different ways because ADHD can also present as like hyper focus, inappropriate hyper focus with an inability to shift that. So like people yeah. that are really sensitive to sound um, might actually just be undiagnosed ADHD. Hmm. So we about sensitive to sound. I didn't tell you this. I had an ear infection this week that I've been having to take medicine for. Oh, that sounds horrible. Because uh, Monday, I was here with the girls. I had them extra day for the holiday. And I had a clog in my ear, so I used a Q-tip. And then suddenly, boop, I felt like it clogged, like, entirely locked up. Oh. And I was like, what on earth? I it felt like so, like, it felt like there was, you know, those earplugs. Those, 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 I felt like someone had shoved it deep in my ear and just left it there. And I was like, oh, that doesn't feel good. It didn't, and it kind of hurt, but not really. So the next day, I ended up going to urgent care, and uh, yeah, they had to unclog it, and that was painful. Yeah, that sounds really unpleasant. And then I ended up having a pretty serious ear infection. Uh, figuring out I had a pretty serious ear infection, which I guess could be the cause of what happened, or could be a result of what happened. I don't know. One or the other. But, um, yeah, uh, so that, that was fun. I literally couldn't hear like, like out of that ear. Like I, I could snap my fingers beside my ear and I would hear it through my right ear. Like it was so clogged. Like it was bad. Ooh. And by the way, if you guys ever have that happen, you can go to the urgent care and it wasn't that bad. It was like $40 for them to clear everything up and me like $40 and it's 16 for all the medication. So it wasn't terrible, but they had to take a spray gun, like, like, a like, you know, like, a just a house cleaner spray, but it was like super focused and they squirted in my ear quite a bit and really hard. And it really hurt. <laughs> like <laughs> They aspirated your ear. Yeah. Yeah. Like, have you ever had this done before? Nope. She's like, well, you let me know if it hurts. And I was like, <laughs> okay. And, uh, like the third time she did it, I was like gripping my chair but I wasn't going to tell her it hurt because I didn't want her to stop because I wanted it to be solved. So I was like, nope, I'm not going to tell her. Not gonna tell her. <laughs> and she's like, yay, we're, we got it. And I was like, suddenly I can hear again. 
there's sound. <laughs> so that reminded me of that. So um, uh, that's awesome that we can see that kind of stuff. And I do enjoy when you bring those, those news stories up. Um, do you have any more before I dive into my second one? Nope. That's all I have. Okay. So no surprise Diablo Immortal news that I'd like to talk about, but it's funny Good. in my opinion. So uh, Diablo Immortal had a problem with cheaters, of course, right? There's always a way to deal with cheaters. Um, so what they did is they charged people who caught cheating the premium cur- uh, the premium currency, which are orbs, uh, based on how much they cheated. So like however many premium orbs they got through cheating, they charged them that much. So what they would do is take away those orbs, right? You're like, whatever. Just take away what they got, right? However, uh, if that premium currency was spent that they got uh, through illicit means... Uh, they, they took the equipment? Was, they took... No. They charged them the premium currency still. So... That put them in a negative balance of premium currency. So, <laughs> if you have a negative balance of premium currency, you can't participate in any multiplayer functions. And you have to buy the premium currency back to get up. You have to physically give them the money to get up to zero so that you can play in multiplayer functions in this largely multiplayer game. Oh, well, sounds like you should just make a new account. Sounds like you shouldn't be cheating. Well, and I mean, I, yeah. Yeah, but I thought it was a really interesting way to punish cheaters. So they kind of charged them money to get their accounts back. They didn't ban them. They sort of soft banned them until they buy things back. Here's the thing. Some people reported having negative 50000 or $20,000 worth of currency to buy to be able to reactivate their account because they cheated and spent so much. Well, yeah, sounds like they're making a new account then. Yeah, if they still want to play, that's, yeah. So that they, the character is locked out or dead. But I, I think the account is like, character why like not just character specific i think it's all of your characters they'd have to make a whole new battle.net account and everything so well isn't isn't battle.net going bye-bye soon not yet not till the uh not till the uh takeover happens um whenever that happens right because i was surprised because i got an email that all of my stuff see the, the thing i don't like about this takeover is that all of my stuff that I liked having in a different launcher is now on Steam. So I had both Bethesda launcher and the Blizzard launcher, and both of them have notified me that all of my stuff will be going to Steam. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, I don't want to play these. I don't. I specifically play these games not on Steam. Like, I specifically got Doom Eternal from Bethesda directly so I didn't have to play it on Steam, but they converted me to a Steam account 
not like I still have my my own Steam account, which I had to link and a lot of yada yada. I have a Steam account, but I was like, "You're making me use Steam through this takeover process, Microsoft, and I hate it." Like, <laughs> just make me use some sort of Microsoft Store thing. I don't care. I don't want to do Steam, but like, it was the easy answer for them because a lot of Bethesda games are on Steam, anyways. So, and that's what's going to happen to Blizzard games. They're going to go on Steam, uh, was what the email notified. And that didn't happen. That was supposed to happen in April or something like that, like way back. Um, that's been on delay because of the what whatever's going on that we've been talking about. So, yeah. But right now, Blizzard Launcher is still up and live and... The Battle.net accounts are locked out current uh, currency-wise. I don't know if it's a full Battle.net account. I, it might just be for Diablo Immortal. Uh, because if it is like tied to their full Battle.net account and it affects other games, that would be a serious issue, too. That, because, wow, yeah. and other games are completely out, too. But I think it only affects Diablo Immortal, from what I understand. I would imagine people will be losing their cool. But I feel like if you're cheating in Diablo Immortal like that, you've probably also bought WoW Gold. You've probably also yeah, like done other To To other be honest, cheats. though, I think it's funny, but also the battle, the, the Diablo Immortal stuff like I talked about feels pretty predatory and pretty needed to play anyway. So I think... Yeah. It's just a sign to not play Diablo and Immortal, people. Like, I think it's just not a good game. Uh, as much as I love Diablo, don't play it. That's my suggestion. Yeah. And definitely don't cheat. Yeah, and certainly don't cheat. Because then you're definitely not playing it. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, that's it for, for I had for news. Um, I thought that one was funny. It's a little lighter. Of course, you know. Sony Microsoft fighting over Activision Blizzard is still going to be a thing. Uh, one thing it's uh, that was announced this week, but it's one of those announcements of an announcement things, uh, is Capcom has another showcase Tuesday, and we're going to learn more about the next update for Sunbreak uh, Tuesday, which is always the week after we do the new show, unfortunately. Um, but it ends up coinciding with Monster Hunter Week next week. But we're still going to be doing Guess the Monster, whatever we call that. Sasha describes monsters um, for that one next week. So Mass Effect, still Mass playing. Effect. Um, so I, I did what I felt I could, like everything side quest wise, but I, before I went to Novaria. Mm-hmm. Um, Who did you take? I took. Why do I not remember her name? The one you told me to take. Liara. Liara, and and uh, Garrus. Garrus is that his name? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so Liara and Garrus. Garrus is like my mainstay of coming with me, even though I'm very much into tech and battle tree myself. Like I like having him there because he's pretty good. He's all in right. my opinion. 
He's but, better in in the other games. Okay. Well, I have him a lot with me. And uh, I took Liara, which I have basically been taking Liara and everything instead of uh, the mask girl. Why am I forgetting their name? Tally Zora? Tally. Tally. I've not been taking Tally because Tally's in even further on the tech than than I need with Garrus and myself because I'm maxed out on tech. I'm maxed out on electronics and um, decryption and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So went in through there and it's funny because I've done so much exploration that when they try to make a big deal about the the geth uh like walker bots, like whatever the you call ar- them. Armatures. Yeah. Like they, they have like a little cutscene of them being introduced and it's just like Oh, the primes. Really... The Geth Primes. Yeah. And I was like, this I've already dealt with these. The Colossi. Actually, the Col- there were a couple of Colossi. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. And I was like, I've already dealt with these, and I find it hilarious how terrible those things are against you in a car. Because, like... Just, the, like, move? Because that thing's moving in slow motion at you? Not even that. I bully those things. I run into them, and then I just let them flop around a while while I shoot them. And then if they stand back up, I run into them again. You play the Mako totally different than I do. Like, I fight all the guests from a distance. I just watch the a- I watch their ammunition come at me and I just move to the side and then I shoot and kill them all at a distance. I get this from Halo because my favorite way to kill things in Halo was splats. Like I like my number one way to kill anyone in Halo was hitting them with a car. Just getting the splats. And I like I used to go to like the the bungee.net site and just track my splats. I'd be like Yes, I got like 30 yesterday. It was amazing. Um, so that's kind of the way I play with the Mako as I run things over. And then as they're like flopping around, I'll hit them with the cannon or the machine gun. Um, of course, not turrets or flying things. I'll just hit shoot those. So I actually get into the thick of the battle quite a bit with the Mako. But I never have any problems because I have a lot of tech. So I have a yep. lot of shield. So I just love bullying those those geth things because like they can't do anything if you knock into them they just flop over and they they can't shoot they just like they just lay there on the ground until they get back up so i did that i did the mission uh it was not really that difficult um now she uh the matriarch did take a quite a few shots to take down um because i am using snipers but like so I got through the shields and I whittled away at the health, uh, which, you know, she took quite a bit of shots to do, but it wasn't that hard. I, no one went down, um, didn't have to heal or anything. So took her out. No problems. Uh, tried not to did some dialogue stuff being like, Hey, you know, like what can we do to save you? And she's like, there's no, nothing you can do. I'm going to turn any minute. And I'm like, okay, cool. So then we get to talking to, the, the Rachni Queen. Yes. I let her go. I let her be free. Even and Renegade Shepherd let the Rachni Queen go. For me. So I do believe it's either that or 
getting Rex not to kill me. One of those two events put me at full Paragon. Probably both. So remember how I told you that I finished, I finished Mass Effect playing as a renegade, but I had full renegade and like 75% Paragon Mm -hmm. because I also did not, I renegaded Rex into staying alive, which put more into my renegade. But I Paragon saved the Ragnite Queen and it gave me a ton. Plus saving the colonists from the Thorian Mm -hmm. pushed me to like almost full Paragon as well. Okay. So uh, I was surprised by letting the queen go how against it the council was. Oh, and yeah, but fuck the council, man. They like I was starting to think, like, I think they were the good guys to begin with. They were just a little harsh because they, you know, like, you don't understand. You're human. You're so new to this. Da, da, da. And I was like, okay, I get it. You know, you just don't trust us quite yet. I, I get that standpoint. But then when they reacted like that, and then my dialogue options were all just like all three of them were just like, shut the hell up kind of deal. Mm -hmm. Like I made the decision. I was like, Oh, okay. Well, I guess I'll go with the, it was my decision and I made it kind of deal. You just wait. And the council. Mm. Big Mitch McConnell energy. <laughs> so, so I, I dealt with the council there, and then I go to the next mission, which is on this very lush planet. I had to do a lot of driving and opening up doors, and then Vermeer. Yeah, saved Rex from killing me or trying to kill me, which I probably would have killed Rex, unfortunately. Um, but I, but Paragon saved him, and then I was actually actively going through the base trying to find the cure for Rex. Uh, That's very sweet of you. But it wasn't there, so I was kind of worried I missed it, but I'm glad you reassured me that it wasn't possible. Um, So then I got, like, I could see we were talking about you had to make decisions, so I was like, you know, actually you go with the other dudes and do this while you stay here and set the bomb uh Caden, right? Yep. Yeah. And so we do that and then I have to make a choice whether Ashley lives or Caden lives and I was like, okay, Caden, cuz I Ashley's Yeah, cuz Ashley's just not not nice at all. Um she won't even talk to me anymore. I tried talking to her after talking to Liara and she's like, "Uh, I'm busy, Shepard. Got to mm-hmm. do my stuff." I'm trying I'm like, to clean my rifle. Rifles don't clean themselves, Shepard. Yeah, stuff like that. And I was just like, okay. Um, so I started talking to Caden more to just to sort of learn everyone's story. And you get experience for doing it. You get Codex experience. You do. So, and you got his his uh, Stranger Things 11 backstory? Yeah. I did. Where he killed his teacher? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it holy feels, cow. Feels pretty bad about it, too. Yeah, um, Renegade Shepherd so, told him he did that. Good job, like he deserved that, and it seems to have tortured him. Uh, my shepherd said, 
that must have been very hard on you or something like that. Like, I, I don't remember what he said, but something along those lines. Um, so, so I, 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 and then I fought, um, the guy we've been chasing the whole time. Saren. Yeah. Saren. And, uh, that fight was a little tough. I didn't go down at all, but like he did not like, he's the most, like I got a better sniper rifle by like 30 points of damage. So just before that fight. Oh, and then, you got the, the widow. I think so. Yeah. And yeah. it's like a 10. Yes. Like a, it's like a, yes. So it was just barely ticking away his health and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this guy." And um so I ended up focusing on all the other things so they would stop taking down my teammates and then I did the um the reaper thing where you give everyone up the unity ability. So once I took down all the other people, all the other geth, uh I revived everyone and we all just focused on him and then it went to a cutscene when he got to half health i was like oh he's gonna get away i know it he's gonna get away of course we had that discussion with him shepherd hiding behind a wall using a pistol i was like why are you using the pistol i never use the pistol i don't like it this <laughs> is the cutscene shepherd so what do you think is going on with saren right now uh, so I did a little bit of conversing with people after that mission, and then I quit playing. So found out a little bit of information talking to Liara and other people. I feel like him trying to ally himself with with the Reapers is kind of what Shepard's saying of, of a futile attempt, because... They just don't like living things, period. So I feel like he is. Uh, there's a there's a show. He is such a used tool by them to just sort of like. And I don't even know why they don't even need him. But like, he's just trying so hard to impress them by like doing their job. But, like, their job is so much easier than he can do it that it's just, like, irrelevant. Oh, my goodness. See, this is why I appreciate Mass Effect Andromeda. Because you, you learn why the Reapers are using Saren. Like, it all makes sense. Oh, okay. In Mass Effect, why Mass Effect 1 has Saren as your, as your big bad. Um I'm going to I'm going to tell you to look at Saren's eyes and consider okay. that he has very different eyes than every other Turian that you meet. Okay. He did seem a little more robotic than everything else too. He's got a lot of tubes out of his chest. I noticed mm -hmm. when he's talking and stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it just, I don't know. It was very weird for Saren to be so much like, I'm going to help them. And for the Reaper, the discussion with the Reaper that is like just before that fight, the, to be like, I don't care about any of you. Shut up. He's basically like, you're just harassing me. Hang up the phone. I don't care. You're all going to die. Shut up. I don't like, I don't know. What, what do you want from me? Just die. I don't like you. Like, like he don't, I don't need to explain anything. Like that was the, the energy I got from the Reaper. 
And then him being like, I'm totally going to help the Reaper. And it's like, I don't think the Reaper cares about you, dude. I don't think the Reaper cares about any of us. So, have you talked to the Council since the encounter with Saren? Uh, yes, I have. And, and they're pretty much, like, still apologists for it. Kind of, they're yeah. They're still in denial about what's going on with Saren. Yeah, like, it actually made Shepard pretty angry. Yep. Shepard's like, I have to make proof. Uh, so one of the dialogue options I picked is, like, when are you just going to take me at my word for being a specter? Yep. And... And I, I thought that was actually a pretty good line. Is it a thing I didn't expect, even though I have played Bioware games before, is Shepard is such a stronger character than um, any of the people in Neverwinter Nights. Like, Neverwinter Nights was too open-ended for your character. You di- I didn't feel like you had a personality. Shepard Whereas... is like Hawk. Yes. And I, even though Hawk is very stern, I felt like Hawk questioned himself a lot more than Shepard. And Shepard feels very... Yes. Because, like, I understood... Like, I like Hawk quite a bit because that's the one of the uh, Dragon Ages that I finished up until, you know, whenever they do the remaster for a Dragon Age and I can actually play number one, uh, I will. Because I, um, I did enjoy while I was playing until it locked up a bunch. Um, but, and I played two. I don't think I ever need to play two again. No. As much as, no, I'm maybe a story. Maybe a story recap. Maybe if they do a thing where they release a trilogy, I'll replay it again just to continue the same character throughout. If I can, now I know you can't do that with Hawk, but there are things that affect you. You, it is worth it to have yeah. a narrative from Origins through Inquisition. Right. And if they do a remaster, I will probably do that, which I hope they do. Um, and then I will probably play Inquisitions because my problem with Inquisitions was it felt dated. It I think all. I think that Renegade Shepard is a lot closer to Hawk than Paragon Shepard is. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I think that in terms of the characters, the character being very confident in their decision making, the character being defiant in the face of the status quo, though that they have those similarities. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna say I played a lot of Neverwinter Nights. Didn't care about the story, but this one's pretty good. I'm glad I actually started Mass Effect One. You just because I I'm just missed so... the boat entirely. I'm so jealous of you right now because you're so new in the franchise that like all of these all of these things are still secrets for you to discover. Yeah, pretty much. I I will say I'm very the one thing I'm frustrated about and you and I talked about this last week where I just can't complete some quests because some people are dead on uh Farian or whatever the planet is that that the Thorian was on. Um, Pharos. Yeah, Pharos. I have two quests I cannot complete that are pointing me to like literally on the map. It says Pharos right here. Go well, to Pharos, and I'm like, mm, I can't. The, I can't. The good news them. is because you're playing the level thirty 
cap system, you'll yeah. hit level 30 without turning in all the quests. Okay. I'm not worried about the experience. I, I hate having a quest unfinished on my list. Yes. That's, it's. I also that, hate that. That's what's bothering me. Understand but that. I, I can't finish it. So I'm not, I'm not going to go for like completion trophies or anything on this playthrough. I think um, course, in the, I don't know if the PlayStation trophies are different than the Xbox trophies, but for the remastered not. version, you, mm-hmm. I think you can get all the Mass Effect 1 achievements without doing all the side quests. Hmm. Yeah, but I don't want to play it on, on Insane. Uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't want to do that. I've only beat Mass Effect 3 in Insanity. Okay. And it was, that is a, that's a crowning achievement for me. Yeah. See, I'm not looking for this stuff to be difficult. I am looking to experience a story. It's Now, I'm okay with challenging. It's like it is and it isn't difficult because I think that by the time that you get to the end of the game, you have fluency in combat. And so it. Okay. But I don't want to have to struggle through it right now my personal opinion is it's only a struggle until your character is at least halfway to level cap sure now will i have to re-level between all three games i don't think so i think when um because there's the long service record achievement and this whole idea of you import your mass effect one shepherd into mass effect two um i think he's i can't remember if he's if it's going to reset or not, or I think a partial reset. Different abilities, right? Because they got to have different abilities between different games, right? Yes and no. Um, there are there's ammo that is added to ammo types that are added to Mass Effect Two, and in Mass Effect Two you have ammo clip thermal clips, so you do have to manage your ammunition, mm. which. Mm, does add a layer of difficulty when you're not playing soldier class. Gotcha. Okay. But I think combat we'll is a lot better too. Well, I feel like uh, I'm picking up enough steam on that where I've been playing it a little bit more because I hit sort of like a wall in Titan Quest that I haven't been playing as, as much. I'm still playing it. Um, there's so like... I have finally hit that legendary mode that I've been talking about. So it does like the traditional Diablo thing where the more difficulty you go up, the more your resistances are penalized. So you got to deal with like fire resistance and ice resistance and whatnot. So everything that has become a problem has high, high poison damage. And I had terrible poison resistance. So I actually had to go back a full difficulty and farm the end bosses to try to get armor and stuff that had poison resistance. So I've been playing a little bit of Tiny Tina's every day. Yeah. And I'm on because I want to get my achievements for the chaos chaos modes. Yeah. And that that's kind of where I'm at right now is I'm like I'm able to continue pushing through and increasing my chaos level. But certain bosses I cannot survive. 
Yeah. And I have to go back to lower chaos levels to farm. Yeah. I had, I, I had like, um, it was funny. So like I was going back, I was like, okay, I guess I'll just go farm like these, these new key things and you get to do this bonus level if you find all the keys, but they're not guaranteed drops. So I was just going to do that. And then the first boss I killed to try to get these keys, I didn't get a key. I just got a ring that completely fixed all of my resistance problems immediately. And I was like, well, oh, okay, cool. I'll do that instead, which i that's the whole reason of doing the key thing is so I could get better gear. Um, so I'm still, I'm still going through on Titan quest. I'm on the act three now of seven and I'm most of the way through act three now. So, but once like I'm still playing mass effect at the same time, but once I finish this playthrough on Titan quest, I'm putting it down and all of my like alone game time is going to be on mass effect at that point. So mass effect two is just such a masterpiece. It's so well written. Oh, it's it's so good. I am excited to have the context going into that game than the two times I tried playing it before, where I just, just dropped it because I had no context. I just, yeah, no context makes none of it punch. That first mission in Mass Effect Two, you meet up with Tally Zora, mm-hmm. and if you didn't know who she was and you don't know like all the stuff that you've done to help her, yeah. You're like, why is she so mad at me? I don't care. Like, whatever. Get out of my way. I'm here for something else. Yeah. <laughs> right? So. But you yeah, are almost I, to the end of one. You are, I think you have Ilo snacks. Probably. I haven't got the mission yet. I know I probably did. I probably did get the mission. I just didn't remember the name. So that's probably my next destination. You are going to go find the... Prothean beacon. Didn't I already got my second beacon? That so, that was on Ilos. The second that I've done Ilo, that I've done Ilos because I've talked to, uh, I've talked to the Reaper right after the second beacon. Oh no no no! There's another one. So what's so on Ilos is or it's a cipher. It oh, makes okay. helps you to make sense of what you saw in the beacons. Yes. Uh, yeah, Liara did try to help me figure out the second yep. beacon, and it just tuckered her out again. Yep. See, now, when you get to Andromeda, you get to see some of the some of the flashes that you've seen so far in the beacons. Yeah. You get all the context for all that in Andromeda. Okay. See, I can understand why you like Andromeda so much, because it ties back to everything. Yeah. It's okay. like it's like the people who are into Deep Space Nine, you know? Yeah, I do. Unfortunately, <laughs> I do. <laughs> like my dad, who's a huge Trekkie. Mm-hmm. Did I did I tell you what my brother got him for Christmas? No. He got him like a felt blanket that is just Picard face palming. I love that. <laughs> my I daughter got... uses it more than him, but I got last Christmas, somebody gave me a, a tree ornament that is Picard doing that. And it says, make it snow. Make it snow. I got that's That's a good one. <laughs> oh, boy. So, um, so yeah, so I'm trying to do on Mass Effect. Um, but I, 
I am also trying to. I'm not. I'm not. I'm losing steam on Titan Quest. I can feel it. Like I. I feel like I've played this. This is my third time through on this character, and it keeps tracking your time. And at the beginning of Act Three, I was at five days and five hours played on this character. Like it is a long haul. So just Xbox just to tracks, get where I'm at. Xbox tracks time. I I'm starting to feel that way about Tiny Tina's. So what I've mm-hmm. been doing is limiting myself to one chaos run. Like if I play it, I just turn it on, I boot it up, I do one chaos run, and then I'm done. My loot management, and then I'm done. Yeah. And I am, I'm like mythic level 80 something right now. Wow. Um, I did all of the challenges except for the loot dice. So I got all of the like the skill boosts, the 10% skill boosts. I think we did everything. Yeah. Dice, all the skill boost, everything. I'm at chaos level, I think seven. Mm-hmm. So the first benchmark achievement is going to be at 10. And then I have a feeling that Chaos Level 20 and I are about to go round and round like Mad Moxie's Underdome. Okay. Yeah, it might be it might be the point where I hang my hat up. Gotcha. On Tiny Tina. Yeah, the the only thing that's really keeping me going, because like my original goal was to slay the Hydra in Titan Quest, and I did it, and it was the big reason why I had to go back and farm poison resistance. I um, and it oh, one of the cool things is it on your character to tell you your best monster defeated, and it's still the Lunarian Hydra. So that makes me feel good because it was like I did it, I I did the I did the thing. However, there is that act that comes into this expansion that I've never played. So that is the one thing pushing me through is I, I need to play that final act that I paid a whole 30, $20 or $30 for that. I have never experienced the content in and yet. Then yeah, you need to finish that. I my, my Xbox tracker says I have played four days, 21 hours of tiny Tina's wonderland. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I've been I've been playing this Titan Quest character for about two months now, and I'm surprised how much time I put into it. But again, it's I've backed off a of Monster Hunter pretty hard, so but Monster Hunter would have a lot of time on it too. We'll see, because I I'm excited for this update we're going to hear about Tuesday, but there's still things in Monster Hunter I got to do, but I have zero desire in doing it. I nothing. I did. I don't. I don't see myself doing it right now. I want to just to say that I did it, but the work is not not there for me. I don't want to do it. So I've got a long list of games I want to get through because I just picked up another game, and I don't know. I don't know if you've heard about this one, but this is supposed to be a alternative to Pokemon. Temtem. Temtem. No, I've not heard of that. Looking it up. It just got a physical release on Switch, but it's been on Steam. And it's supposed to be... Oh, it's PlayStation uh, 5 as well. Yeah. Uh, It's supposed to be a good alternative to Pokemon. A lot of people seem to like it. So, 
I've been trying some Pokemon alternatives. I tried Nexamon, which has a better art style than Pokemon, um, but I don't think I like the mechanics too much. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm ex seeing about experimenting with a bunch of games between Mass Effect games. I I know where I can pick up a Andromeda once I finish. Heck yeah, you could probably get it in the bundle with Inquisition for less than ten dollars. I have been playing Saints Row as well. I got the new Saints oh. Row. I didn't hear great great things about it. I'm lukewarm on it right now. I yeah. don't hate it. I I think in terms of gameplay mechanics, it's fine mm -hmm. it feels like it very badly wants to be grand theft auto like more so than yeah. it's ever wanted to be grand theft auto when it used to have a very distinct identity yeah it felt like you know cartoon network grand theft auto before but now it feels like it got like a new face paint it feels like if the grand theft auto franchise went from san andreas straight to five mm -hmm. like that kind of upgrade okay. change okay so that part i'm a little disappointed in but it still does have a lot of the like cartoonish over the top stuff uh slapstick mm -hmm. humor non-serious dialogue um okay i don't care for the mini games so far I can see that they're trying to upgrade the game to current generation. So, like, one of the new mini games is where you leave a bad Yelp review for a restaurant. And then whatever <laughs> gang is protecting that neighborhood comes to attack you. And the worse review that you leave, the a higher notoriety you get and the harder the fight is going to be. Hmm. So that's one of the new ones. Um, but like what so far is gone. I don't know if it's totally gone because I haven't unlocked everything yet. I'm not super far in the story. Um, but things like uh, Escort is gone. Uh, Septic Avenger is gone. Mayhem is oh. gone. Like all the ones that were just like really, really fun. Trailblazing is gone. Hmm. But the fucking helicopter is still there. Okay. Heli yeah. attack was my least favorite side quest stuff. So kind of bummed That's out about that. Customization hmm. though. Player customization is was pretty good. My character I think looks like me. More hmm. so than any character I've ever created in any game. I can't. Uh, it's very hard for me to get the kind of beard that I have on a character creator. Like most, I, I people. think you could do it. I really think I, you could do it on Saints Row. It's, it's good. I enjoy that because uh, I do. I am trying to go for the dwarf beard, and that's not a big option a lot of times. You can Minecraft. Ha Minecraft has a good one actually. So uh, the when I play Minecraft, I have a good beard. I think that I think you might be able to find it in 
Tiny Tina's Wonderland. I feel like I they did. got pretty good beard options. They did too. Yeah, it's it's but it's rare. It's it's very rare. Like Monster Hunter doesn't have one. Like, um, and I, I my hairstyle changes drastically every couple months anyway, so it's hard for me to have a hairstyle. So it's all the beard. The beard is the thing I got to match because that's the defining hair trait for me is the beard, not the not the on top stuff. Because I shave this off entirely every couple months. Just easier to deal with. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I'm not I'm not super upset that uh, I I got Saints Row on a day one purchase. I really didn't pay for it. I I redeemed my Microsoft points, and I Fair. got a fifty dollar gift card, and I bought Saints Row with it. Yeah, I uh, I I also has still been lightly playing Shovel Knight King of Cards, but I'm almost done with that too. I think I'm on the final boss. Like I just play that and I'm done. But that's something I can play on the Switch when I'm with the kids and they're engaged. So I'm not like strapped into playing something. It's my sort of casual play game on the Switch. So I think that Temtem is going to become that. So I'm going to be playing Temtem along with everything else. But I also got this new game called Cursed to Golf that looks really fun. Cursed um, Golf? Cursed to Golf. So you are you have to golf because you're cursed to golf. Okay. Um, You're like this kid or this guy that does something and this ghost curses you to have to play this golf game with him. I really like fun golf games that are they're like not realistic the the one looks uh, like angry birds kind of yeah um and you got to do like mid-air shots and stuff and yeah angle the ball different ways and that kind of thing um there's a there's a really fun game called golf story that is an rpg golf game uh, that was on the Switch like early into its life that I loved. And so it kind of remind, reminded me of that a little bit. So uh, whereas that was a top down, this is uh, this is like a side scrolling golf thing, like a side scroll platformer golf game. <laughs> whereas the other one was like it's like a top down RPG when you had to like solve people's problems with golf. It was I don't know. I like golf in general, so like it's fun to have like the the crazy golf games for me. So I picked up that as well. So I've got a long list of games to to do after I get through Mass Effect and Titan Quest and stuff. And there's because there's like big releases. There's not a lot left for me this year that I really am excited for. So I've just been kind of beating Tiny Tina, like you know with a dead horse but I listened like I said I listened to the bickering bucks episode and it kind of reinvigorated my interest in Tiny Tina I was about to uninstall it but I went back and I've been playing a little bit more okay alright yeah um, speaking about bickering bucks we just released the one for Stranger of Paradise that was a doozy I will say, people, if you want to go listen to that, it was a fun episode, but we all, nothing got above a three. 
like we we all had a bad time with it so i have a feeling we're gonna have a better game because we're doing shredder's revenge next uh which like i said i've already beaten it i beat it with the girls already like uh with uh emery actively jumping down manholes and off cliffs and stuff during fights and not helping uh, whereas CC was actually really helpful and really good. Um, I've been trying to see if they're interested in Ninja Turtles in general. So I showed them like the old eighties live action movie, zero interest, like nothing. And I'm like, ah, oh, but it's a classic. So we ended up, we, we put it on, I think a couple months ago for the girls and they didn't care at all. And I was like, man, I do not remember Casey Jones being, this entertaining because <laughs> I was a child then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can see, I, I can see what you're saying. I, it's it conversely not attracted to April O'Neil at all to, to me that, that not that she's a bad looking woman. It's just like that eighties hair. I'm not into it. I'm just not I into feel the like, frizz. I feel like people, looked older than than they were too yeah sure i just i i i'm like yeah i mean she's a pretty girl but like there's a there's a point where like michelangelo calls her like what a babe and i'm like really (laughs) okay (laughs) um it's a very weird movie though like i didn't finish it yet uh we're, we're stopped in the middle of it but like they have this like weird scene where like they're all hanging out with April for the first time and they leave and they, they show they had a good time. They're just showing them be become friends. But then there's this like rom-com thing where she leans up against the door and sighs and she's like, wow, I had such a great time. It's like, are you in love with one of the turtles now? Like what is going on? Isn't, aren't, don't they ship Raphael with April? I don't remember. But then like, there's that- the, like Casey Jones and, april yeah I, I it's it's been a while i mean i own all three because i got them on a bundle so i i'm gonna watch them at some point now without the girl i was waiting to see it with the girls but they're not interested so i'm gonna finish it myself you gotta try to get them in with the cartoon fair enough they just they just i don't i don't know i gotta try because, like, they really like the game. Like, they were super into the personalities from the game because they're pretty then close to the cartoon. The cartoon's what's going to do it. Okay. I just remember liking the live-action movie so much as a kid. Like... I remember liking them, too, but I feel like it's because we watched the cartoon first. That is probably fair. And I used to have a Ninja Turtle sleeping bag and everything. Like, I was... I was into Ninja Turtles. That was like the thing before that was, that was my thing before, uh, beast wars. I didn't get into transformers, but I got into beast wars. Oh (laughs) yeah. We were, we were into recognition there. (laughs) We were into Ninja Turtles. We were Ninja Turtle kids. So, uh, I think we've we've uh, we've covered everything tonight. Um, mm-hmm. 
I will uh, w- next week. We should have both Ace and uh, Morg back, and we'll be doing more them guessing Sasha's descriptions of monsters. Um, might get through a little more this time. Uh, I still haven't done it, like continued with the other group of friends uh, yet, so they're still interested to see what happens with uh, there. You guys aren't caught up to them because they're going through the same sequence. Um, so. Yeah, you, you, they have you haven't passed them yet, so they're they're not being spoiled if they watch. Well, um, if we put some time limits on guesses, we might get a little further. Yeah, I think we are. I think we said a minute, which I I will time here on okay. my phone. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll get some limit on the guesses. I'm excited to see some of your reactions. Some of the crazier ones are going to come up too. Like you've you've seen some crazy ones already, but there's some there's some interesting ones coming up as well. I I especially loved when you're um you were describing the Brachidius as having three heads, like that was so funny to me <laughs> because they were so off off thrown by it. They're like. What do you mean three heads? Of course those are slime admitting pounders. Who would think that? And I'm like, someone who hasn't seen it before. Duh. That's <laughs> like, <laughs> just what it looked like to me. And that's entirely valid. And that's why I like it. Because like it's so funny to see how someone who's sort of like indoctrinated into the game can't see outside of it. And it's so... Because like, I can't, right? Like, I see that immediate that recognition. I already know what it is. I've already like have recall so many memories of it. But seeing you look at something and being like, "Is that a head?" and I'm like, "No, but okay, let's go do ahead this. and tell him what you think it is." <laughs> yep, <laughs> yep. I just I'm loving the chaos factor of it. It's so fun to me. So be sure to tune in next week, guys, for that. That's that's such a fun one. We actually um, that episode did pretty well. Uh, so we, we already broke a hundred listeners on that one. So good. Uh, it seems, seems people are liking listening to them as well. So, uh, thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh, be sure to follow us, uh, uh, at Hunter sub pod on Twitter, uh, as well as here on Twitch. And then, uh, we also have a YouTube channel. I don't talk about this very often. It is literally just me reposting the stream that we do here for Twitch. Um, so just saving the stream for, uh, later purposes, they get some views. So like, I think one of them had four views, a couple, like it's not a lot of people do the YouTube stuff, uh, for this, but it's there. It's just Hunter's Hub on YouTube. I think there's actually two channels called Hunter's Hub and I own both of them. And one of them says to come to the right one. So you'll know what it is when you see our little logo, which is just the white background with a brown sign that says Hunter's Hub. Um, so, uh, thanks for listening and we will catch you next week. And if you want to, oh, before I say that, uh, if you want to talk to Sasha, she's on the discord and be sure to join the discord to chat and see that kind of stuff. I was posting bug pictures today that I found, uh, in my yard. So yeah, if you like seeing uh, a garden spider that's yellow (laughs) because it was like on the side of the house. All right. Thanks, guys. See you later.